0: Welcome into another edition of going for two presented by home field apparel. I am Brian Fisher, my partner in crime, Matt Brown, not with us this weekend. It appears he wanted to do a. Really flee Chicago in, in advance of a, of a storm Let's be honest uh, Headed down to Arizona For a reporting trip And, and I'm sure to enjoy uh, the, That great sunshine They have down there In Phoenix, in the Phoenix area But uh, don't worry we, Although we miss Matt And he'll be back next week uh, To kind of explain And and, and give us some Some down low In terms of what's What's going on there Down in the desert uh, We have a great episode In store for you uh, Justin Ferguson Of the Auburn Observer Is going to join us To kind of explain All things about the Tigers uh, Really what's been going on Down there in the plains These last couple of weeks For sure um, Kind of get into the details as well you know in terms of the au basketball program uh, ultimately some of the olympic sports that uh, you know the university is really emphasizing and, and kind of give us the state of affairs um you know, down there in auburn as uh, a lot of focus is, is on that university on that athletic department um you know these last couple of weeks given everything that is going on and it really seems to be going on uh every every couple of years you know it seems like auburn is making the news for all the wrong reasons but uh we're going to get into that and more with justin a reminder though this this podcast is presented by home field apparel if, if you want 15 percent off some gear even if you're an auburn fan they, they got some great shirts 15 percent off use the coat, promo code extra points uh, a great way to uh, to stock up uh, That they, they've got uh, a great addition now uh coming on, on big noon saturday uh, illinois coming to uh you know the the, the masses right now i, I know i got uh, a cousin who was getting married i already got him a gift but i think an additional home fill apparel uh shirt or two might be up his alley uh, given that he, he uh, did his undergrad there in Champaign, but uh excited to see that collection Extra points is that promo code, but uh, without further ado, let's bring on Justin and, and dive in deep in term, terms of the university that pretty much everybody is in, in college athletics has been talking about these last couple weeks, uh, given the chaos that is happening down there in the Plains. Right, thrilled to welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer. And Justin, I'm sure it is a a much calmer week there on the plains than the last couple of weeks have been. But uh, what, what what has it been like uh, there around Auburn these these last uh, really the last two and a half weeks? And and, and is the Brian Harson saga maybe even in the top five of the craziest Auburn stories that that you've you've known about?
1: <laughs> I mean, this this has got to be up there in the top five for sure. The fact that we went through a week where it's like okay. You know, Brian Harson's uh, job is in jeopardy, and you spend a week saying, Okay, is there any way this guy comes back from everything that's been, you know, put out and, and, and you know, leaked? And, you know, it seemed to be an untenable situation, but uh, he held firm. Auburn uh, went through their investigation, and he's now, or he's still the head coach. And, and to be in that spot just, I mean, this quickly after just year one, um, it, it's so bizarre. And it's, it's one of those things where I think uh, I've, exp- I've, kind of describe this as kind of like the peak Auburn story because it's all the chaos and all the warring factions and like, Oh, what is actually going on? And then a wild ending, um, you know, that we didn't see all in one.
0: I, I mean, how much of this started way back when, when he was ultimately hired? Uh, obviously there was a lot of talk about how AD Allen green kind of went out on limb by himself to, to make this hire and, and, and bring in a bit of an outsider from the mm-hmm. sec. How much did it kind of start there versus kind of finish up this, this last couple of weeks?
1: yeah, I mean, I think there there's definitely been people around Auburn that weren't too happy with the fact that Auburn got somebody who was an outsider. Now, I think I, I think Brian Harson had a lot of um, had a lot of uh, supporters early on because of kind of some of the things he said and the style he wanted to bring his the culture change and all that. But you got to back it up with the results. And also in the SEC, when you have a losing streak like you do to end the year, and your recruiting class hasn't really done uh, what you would normally expect for an Auburn team to get uh, while the rest of you – I mean, think about it if, from Auburn's perspective. Your three biggest rivals have won the last three national championships in a row. That'll make a lot of people crazy. Um, and, and so I think, you know, the big thing was that, um, you know, uh, Brian Harson was always kind of viewed by some people as an outsider. It's like, oh, I don't know if this is necessarily going to work. And so when there was an opening where it looked like oh this you know he might not be around anymore I think there were uh some folks uh, around Auburn that were that were not uh not going to turn down an opportunity to kind of crank up some of that pressure and and their in their discord about you know about the Harson situation so uh yeah I think a lot of it comes back to the fact that uh, some people wanted to see a more familiar name didn't want to see a guy from from the west uh, come in and even though um, I think he he earned some respect. And, I mean, they Albert started six and two, the way the season ended, uh, and then the way it kind of played out in recruiting had a lot of people going up. Oh, yep, that's right. I, I I believed it this whole time. Told you guys, and and I think it just if they had had a really good recruiting class, or if they they would have won the Iron Bowl, or you know just prevented uh, you know the the, the big uh, comeback that Mississippi State had there. Like just it was all of like the losing streak, and then all the stuff happening off the field, and then the recruiting. Um, you know, kind of not being up to normal standards. I think, you know, any reasonable person around Auburn could have expected, you know what, year one's not going to be the ultimate telltale sign of his recruiting ability. But when you lose as many players as Auburn has done in the portal and you haven't brought as many in, that can kind of be amplified. So, yeah, I, I, I think, you know, if they beat Alabama in the Iron Bowl or if they, um, you know, tr- turn around one or two of those losses down the stretch which is tough because it really all all swung when when Bo Nix got hurt um you you probably aren't in this situation you're probably not in this situation where this gets out to a degree where people are trying to kind of push uh it seemed like kind of pushing out, out the door so um yeah I mean it's it, it all happens in in the context of uh five game losing streak and and you know the rest of your rivals uh seem to be in a much better spot in the use of program already
0: I mean, you mentioned those rivals, obviously they, they've been dealing with the, the Nick Saban death machine, you know, across state for, for a long time. Right. Right now. And, but it's, it's Georgia, it's LSU, obviously winning titles. You go back even Clemson, you know, kind of a regional rival yep. uh, as well, that they've played some several games the last couple of years against is that just kind of amp things up in terms of uh, not only do we, we got to deal with what's happening in state, what, what's happening with our program. It's it's everybody else that, that is also applying pressure. You can go with A&M. I mean, look at pitchers. Oh, yeah. uh, Class. I got to play them every year is it just kind of the the added pressure uh, kind of ramped up these last couple of years just because what everybody else is doing
1: oh absolutely um you know I, I joke all the time the Nick Saban era at Alabama kind of broken everybody and like what expectations should be and and especially when you're the Auburn's big you know when you're Alabama's biggest rival there's a lot to that and, and people want to see Auburn be more consistently competitive. That was what was said when Brian Harson was hired by pretty much everybody on board. It's like, hey, the Gus Malzahn era had some really, really high moments. Nobody had done a better job against Saban than than Auburn under Malzahn, but wanted it to be more consistent. And then you see Georgia do what they do, and you see what LSU did when they had their kind of like 2010 Auburn moment where everything fell into place and they just ran through um the 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 league like that and then texas a&m on the rise i think even though auburn beat them last year people are looking over at old miss and saying okay there's something clicking there especially with the way they're doing the transfer portal same thing with arkansas it's just that you know there's a lot of teams around you that you have to play every single year that are in more stable situations and i think the the big thing is the brian harson was never going to be a a quick fix you know it was going to be a it's going to be a process it was going to be a a long-term build, but. When everything happens the way it does, it, it just ratchets up the impatience because, you know, I think for some fans, Auburn, you know, had the fact that, you know, they could make 1980 jokes at Georgia for forever. Now they don't have that to hold over their heads anymore. And I think that's also just kind of ratcheted up the frustration from the general fan base uh, about, you know, kind of what's going on with Auburn football.
0: I mean, when when you pull back, this is obviously a program that has, has won a lot over a variety of different coaches. I mean, you go, obviously, Pat Dye, uh, you know, historic run, shook J- Jordan before that, but Tommy Turville has had success there. You had the Gus Malzahn playing for a national title. Um, I, I mean, coaches can win there, but is it been a bit surprising that the, all this chaos has gone on, and, and they've still been able to kind of overcome it uh, for, for a lot of coaches and still win, you know, some big games? Yeah, it
1: is wild. I think Auburn's one of those places where, Year in and year out, you are going to get talent more often than not that that is among the best in in, in college football. Um, you look at Auburn, they are, you know, for, for those of you who may listen who don't know exactly where Auburn is, it's about 20, 30 minutes from the Georgia state line in East Alabama. Uh, they recruit the state of Georgia super, super hard, and that is one of the best talent uh, you know uh, pr- spots in the country to, to hit from. And then Alabama's always a, a, a solid spot, and then Florida, and then – You know, they've been able to pick some spots there and that. So you're always going to have this baseline of talent at Auburn because you are an SEC school. You're an SEC West school. You have the spotlight on you because, you know, you're the only team that has to play, um, you know, Alabama, Georgia and LSU all in the same year. Um, So there's always going to be, you know, big game atmospheres. Um, It is, you know, a college town that, um, you know, really, really sells out for football. And that's appealing to a lot of people. Um, you know, Alabama and Georgia can pitch the, you know, we'll get you to the league, uh, we'll win titles here. And Auburn has never historically been that team, but they've been able to get star power decade after decade, just the right players, the right teams, the big spots. And they, they can kind of pitch themselves a little bit as that anti-Alabama, that anti-Georgia, and it works well for them. Uh, more often than not. So yeah, even with all the chaos, even though people would you know want Auburn to be a lot more consistent as a program, um I mean, dating back to the it really started the Pat Dye It's like, you know, this this is the one program that loves to slay the giant more than anybody else and and they swing like a giant a lot of times because of, of the the resources and the facilities and the uh you know, the the the, the talent you can bring into a place like Auburn.
0: So, so you do kind of mention there close to the Georgia border. Obviously, you know, there, it's a straight shot, uh, pretty easy to get to Atlanta, obviously you have the, the North, t- you know, North Florida into the panhandle that you can get into the rest of the state. What is kind of Auburn is itself as the, as the town for maybe those that haven't been there, haven't been to a game at Jordan here. How would you kind of explain Auburn in, in general?
1: Yeah. Auburn is, is a pretty classic uh, college town. Um, you know, it, it sits about an hour and a half away from Atlanta uh, to the Southwest. It's, 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 it's a spot in the state of Alabama where it's not near, like, you know, it's kind of close to Birmingham, kind of close to Montgomery, but you know, it kind of sits in its own little pocket. And um, you know, it it is very much the, the the unit, the community revolves around Auburn university um, and the surrounding area revolves around Auburn university. There's a lot of, I mean, it's a, it's a town that has exploded in size in the last 10 years. And it's because a lot of people, want to be around Auburn, the school, and they want to be around, um, you know, I, I think obviously the athletics is a big part, but it's just a, it's a very laid back small town, small college town kind of feel that, um, you know, I think appeals to people that don't necessarily want the big city, but don't want to live in like rural spots in the state of Alabama and West Georgia. Um, so, yeah, it is, It is. Uh, you know, if you close your eyes and imagine what a Southern college town would look like I I think Auburn checks a lot of boxes not quite as big as Athens or Gainesville um, but you know kind of in that in in that in that ballpark Uh,
0: now it's been interesting all this this kind of recent chaos if you you could say that has gone on as there's been a presidential transition at the university Uh, somebody that though that has spent a lot of time there and and obviously is is from the faculty there what might change uh, as as Jago kind of moves on and uh, some new leadership takes over there at at the university
1: yeah it's interesting Uh, Auburn you know they the the day everything kind of popped off. they were like, "Oh, by the way, here's our new president. Um, he's coming in in may and 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 taking over. But yeah,, Chris Roberts has been uh, with the engineering school, which, if you don't know anything about Auburn, engineering is kind of their one of their big thing that and that can a, a, and it being an agricultural school. Um, so he's been around for for a while. He knows Auburn. He understands Auburn. Um, you know, Auburn went out and got uh, a president and uh, Stephen Leith from Iowa State. Uh, and that was just not a good tenure all the way around. So I think there was a lot when they brought Jay Gooch back to be the interim and he served well in, the, in his time. But the thing about googe in his first run and in his second run, you know, more hands off with athletics kind of just lets, you know, lets it lets it kind of go uh, and lets the athletic department, you know, kind of run it from there from what I know about the new guy coming in Roberts is he's a guy who's big in Auburn athletics because he's an Auburn guy uh, or or has become one in the decades that he's, he's been around very involved uh, uh, with, with football and basketball at a lot of events. So I think the change moving forward, I think is going to be interesting to see for Auburn because, you know, you've got more people that have been around for a little bit longer. I think, Um, you know, there's going to be kind of a push to have more Auburn folks, uh, kind of running, running the show at the university level. And I'm interested to see how much that affects athletics because Alan Green is, it's an interesting situation with him. He's in his last year of his contract, uh, which is not what you get very a ton for with the power five AD. Um, so it'd be very interesting to see if there's a change there what a new president, what the, what the Board of Trustees kind of w- would look at in, in hiring a, a, the next guy, you know, whenever uh, uh, Green moves on.
0: I mean, it, I, I don't know if I spoke to anybody that thinks Alan Green's going to be there in, in say 2023. You know, right. I, I think right. that that is kind of the expectation that he will move on to some to some other jobs. His name has been floated certainly for a few other AD jobs out there, a few other mm-hmm. positions. But uh, ultimately, should he move on, and, and the new president has to make a hire. You, you mentioned more Auburn folks. I mean, are they going to look for an AD who has been there before, somebody who has those Auburn ties, who either went to school or there, or is it possible they could still go out kind of outside the family, even though maybe not quite as worked out as, as they had hoped when they went to, to get Alan green.
1: Yeah. I, I think it's, it's interesting the couple, you know, a couple of names that people you know usually float out when they think of like, Oh, who, who could be next? It's usually internal guys and folks that have been around Auburn for a while in different capacities of athletics. Now, Auburn has some folks that are in athletic departments elsewhere around the country that, that have worked in Auburn in the past. So, uh, you know, I, I would never rule anything out at a place like Auburn, but you know, I, I think if, if, Whenever they have to hire their next AD, I would be very surprised if it was somebody um, that doesn't have some sort of armor connection in their past. whether it's somebody who went to school here, worked here in the past, or is currently working uh, here now. Because you know there are there are a few people um, that people have always kind of floated around. It's okay. Well, maybe maybe this person would be that, would be a good candidate uh, moving forward. Um, so I I, I think kind of like with the president situation, wouldn't be surprised if uh, if somebody who who at least knows. Ah, uh, the area knows Auburn really well. Would be kind of the move, uh, you know, whenever whenever uh, Alan Green is is no longer Auburn's AD.
0: I think knowing the university is is huge at Auburn because uh, we we talk about booster culture and and Auburn has maybe the most unique booster culture. You know, certainly the reputation precedes them in terms of that. If you can maybe kind of sum up for that, you know, sum up uh, how how the boosters work and and what the relationship, I'm sure folks have maybe heard about Bobby Louder and some of his exploits, maybe Jimmy Rain, but like when it comes to the boosters themselves at Auburn, especially the powerful ones, you know, on the board of trustees or whatnot, uh, how would you kind of sum up, you know, their relationship with the university and, and how they kind of wield their influence?
1: Yeah, it's crazy because there there really is a lot of divide. And I think we saw this when, when the, the Brian Harson move was made and the search how chaotic it was before and people talking about Kevin Steele and, and kind of bringing that in. Um, you know, there seems to be a, a lot of division and a lot of you know people not being on the same page with one another. And it kind of strikes me a lot as, as you know, pre pre-next save in Alabama where you had – different warring factions and and people all trying to you know have their sway and their influence and it kind of creates a lot of chaos and there's a lot of chatter the funny part about auburn's boosters that i think uh is real funny is there's always this talk about you know how much power they have and they how much you know influence they have um if you look back in the last really the last decade it's like okay these are all the things that the boosters apparently want at auburn very few of those things have come to pass Um, So it is one of those things where like, you know, I think it is not everybody's on the same page and it makes it like less effective and, 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 and more chaotic on the, on the outside. Um, You know, it's people admit you mentioned Bobby louder. um, You mentioned, uh, you know, kind of the past with with Pat It's Like there were, there were stretches of times in Auburn's history where there was like one unifying force and kind of pushing it forward. It's been a while since they've had that. Uh, And so there isn't like this, kingmaker or like this one clear one there are there are several people with power and money and influence at auburn that that um you know, never can seem to be quite on the same page and i think that's it kind of spills out into some of these situations like like you just had with brian harson where um you know when when it's like an hr investigation and people are looking at there are people who who wanted to benefit from from that that news getting out um but it definitely not everybody was on the same page and. You know, he's still the head coach, uh, head coach now.
0: I mean, you mentioned the, the background, certainly with the school being a, a heavy engineering focus, obviously agriculture as well. And, you know, based back on the start of the day uh, when, when the, the university was founded, how much does that kind of inform the, the Auburn ethos and, and what the fan base kind of feels at how they're kind of responded to in the SEC? Uh, how much does that kind of play a part of their identity?
1: Yeah, it is a big thing. I mean, you know, Auburn is, is the ag school they're not the state school and um you know they uh you know, auburn fans are very proud of you know there's there's a lot of things uh you know bear Bryant and the the history of alabama calling it a cow college and people take pride in that because when you look at engineering and agricultural uh, agriculture some of these big boosters we we're talking about have made millions and millions like very very gotten very very rich off of you know things they learned at auburn and and it is a it is a uh it is a school that produces um you know a Relative to their their SEC counterparts, pretty high, uh, you know, average salaries and, and stuff like that. So there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of that where people are very proud of um, you know kind of how Auburn has had that kind of influence and impact. And then they see just different other ones like you know Tim Cook is is a, is an Auburn guy, and uh, there's a there's a there's a number of ones that may not necessarily fit the ag school model, um, but you know have kind of made their impact in that. So Auburn's very proud because they they look at themselves as you know. We are, uh, you know, the small college town, uh, but whenever you can make, you know, have these national figures, these international figures kind of stand out, it's something that the, they can kind of poke the chest out uh, out about a little bit, and they, they take a lot of pride in, you know, kind of the little old Auburn um, kind of influence in all these different areas.
0: Now, if, if there's there's a lot of going on on the football side of things, things are going pretty well on the basketball side. Obviously, with Bruce okay. Joe, getting things rolling, what, what has it been like to to, to cover Bruce in, in particular, and how has this kind of run kind of compared to that that earlier Final Four run uh, that they've had? Is, is the Fuhrer just uh, around town, kind of even even bigger than it was?
1: Yeah, because I think that first Final Four team that they had, kind of you know midway through SEC play, there were people are like, man, is this team gonna make the tournament? They kind of caught fire and went on the run. This team has been dominant from the get go. And uh, it, it's really interesting to see because Bruce Pearl has has been the the model of what it takes to be a long term success at a school. Bruce Pearl is an ace recruiter, but he's also an ace, uh, you know, kind of uh, salesman for his program. And he did a lot of work early on to get people excited about Auburn basketball when the on on court product didn't have a lot to get it, you know, get people excited about. But he found the right combination of players around that Final Four run. These guys who were you know, either low four stars or three stars that weren't necessarily being quartered by the big names in college basketball. And they played in a system and they played in a style and they and they got going. And now he's got it to the point where, you know, Auburn has had a run where they have produced several guys um, it, it, that have gone on to become pros, Isaac Okoro, Chumo Kiki. These guys weren't necessarily household names. They became first round NBA draft picks. And there's more and more attention that they've gotten into it. And And now Auburn is pulling in five stars Uh, and uh, they have Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler, uh, you know, the two highest rated players they've ever gotten before are playing in the same front court at the same time. Um, You know, and, and and it's just kind of a Testament of, you know, building it, getting people excited and then turning it loose and recruiting. Um, You know, Bruce said it recently. He was like, you know, we did pretty well with some three stars and four stars. Now we're getting five stars and I'm a whole lot better coach with five stars. But it's just kind of the build and then kind of turn it loose. And the other thing we, we mentioned earlier with the geography, Auburn owns uh, Atlanta recruiting and basketball. Like no other school in the country comes close to recruiting that Atlanta town area. That's where they got Jabari Smith. That's where they've got uh, Walker Kessler. They've got a few other guys on this team right now that were that were top Atlanta prospects. Um, and so it is. It, it, it took a while to get going. Uh, but this is kind of the pinnacle of this long-term build that, before Bruce Pearl arrived, this was one of the worst power five basketball teams in the country. And now they're at a point where, you know, they are most likely going to going to be a number one seed in the NCAA tournament. And uh, right now, as, as we talk, they've got a multi game lead in the SEC title race. And those two things have only happened a, a small amount of times in Auburn basketball history.
0: I mean, how sustainable is is that for, for Bruce and, and, and that program? Because, you know, Kentucky's been not quite the Kentucky level that we we expected the last couple of years, even though they've been rolling in five stars in, in first round draft picks. Uh, obviously, the rest of the league has, has maybe been down a little bit this year uh, in terms of the overall depth compared to maybe past years. But um, when you look at how sustainable it is it, because of that connection to Atlanta, I mean, is this something that they expect to contend for the final four again next year and, and the year after that? Or is it just kind of we, we understand this is, this is a bit of a moment that, that we're having there in the Plains?
1: I think this season is like people are realizing. Okay, Jabari Smith might be the number one pick in the draft, and Walker Kessler is a seven-one shot blocker and and scorer around the rim that is at these super high efficiency efficiency levels. You don't usually get both of those at the same time. But the backbone of this team has been recruiting and development from that from the Atlanta area. And also, Bruce has and he did this before the portal era was a thing. Hitting transfers really, really well. Um, this team has got a ton of transfers that that play high, you know, high value roles for them. And so I think Auburn's kind of set up to be a team for a while that can that can be among the best in the SEC. I mean, in the last five years, nobody's had a better record in SEC play than Auburn. Um, they are going to want to keep that going. Um, you may never get a Javari Smith and a Walker Kessler combo ever again, but like those are rare for anybody to have. Um, but you know, I think, I, I think there's a lot to like about the way they've built this program because it kind of recruits itself. You have the excitement level, you have the, um, the, the, the NBA draft, uh, buzz that's starting to build around Auburn and they really pride themselves when you see the home court advantage and you see the way they play, they really pride themselves in being a fun program. Uh, and it is, you know, starting to get a lot more people's attention, not only in high school recruiting, but also in the transfer portal. and, and, and Bruce has had a great track record with those guys
0: definitely an electric atmosphere there. And, and it doesn't just extend to the basketball court and obviously the football field. You know, it looks like Auburn, you know, certainly they have Sunisa Lee coming in and, and, and energizing that gymnastics program. I know they're obviously big in, in softball and baseball. If you kind of had to sum up the other kind of Olympic sports, if you will, what, what's what's the focus of, of Auburn and, and where do they kind of uh, kind of puff their chest out a little bit higher uh, in terms of those Olympic sports?
1: Yeah, right now it's it's definitely gymnastics because you have that special connection where your head coach's twin brother was SUNY Lee's personal coach. And it's like, okay, NIL, it all was just this perfect storm that all came together. But our Gymnastics has had a really good run the past decade. They used to be just kind of a program that was in the second tier, but they are, you know, SEC Gymnastics is a huge, huge deal. And uh, they are recruiting not just SUNY Lee, but they're recruiting a really high level. They're selling out meets. They want to be, you know, kind of up there with the Alabamas and the Floridas and the LSUs and the Georgias of, 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 uh, SEC g- gymnastics. So it's a big one. And, and baseball and softball is always going to be a big, uh, you know, focus around here. These are two programs that have, uh, really invested kind of in, in, recruiting and pitching and, um, you know, had their high moments and low moments, uh, recently, but, uh, a lot of emphasis towards those, those sports as well. But like, um it'll be interesting to see moving forward kind of where else auburn has gotten swimming and diving if if you don't know uh about auburn kind of long-term history you know back in the day you know 90s and, and early 2000s they were a they were a fa- in, in the 80s as well they were a fantastic swimming and diving program uh rowdy Gaines is is uh you know one of the best olympic swimmers ever uh went to auburn and, and um they had a run where they were producing national champions and and olympic medalists year after year and for the last decade or so, they have not gotten back to that level. You have seen they brought a uh, they brought a former champion um, uh, fr- from the program that had, had done good work as an assistant elsewhere to try to build that back up. Um, so that's the one I'm I'm really interested in because at Auburn, you know, they're trying to build something new with gymnastics and basket and basketball and some of these other sports. Uh, But, you know, I think there's a decent amount of people around here. Remember the the glory days of the swimming and diving program and and they want to kind of get back to that. So it'll be interesting to see what the investment level looks like uh, from there moving forward.
0: Uh, before before you came on, we, we were talking to David Albbot about his NIL story, which I think made the waves uh, quite a bit in the SEC. I'm, I'm curious how do you, how does how does Auburn approach kind of Nil in in general? who who has maybe some been some of the big athletes that that you've seen take advantage of this? And, and how does it maybe a university like Auburn, uh, you know given the unique place that they're in, uh, just that being a college town, kind of having the focus of of not just half a state but half of the other state in, in Georgia there, how, how much has Nil kind of played a role in, in in the school and and what the athletic department can ultimately sell?
1: Yeah, it's it's been a really big deal, and and they've it definitely helps when you have a gold medalist in, in SUNY Lee who can be the kind of the the poster child of it. But you go back to this this first year, this run, um, just kind of organically. Bo Nix, I know, and he's now at Oregon, but he raked in a lot of money in NIL because if you are the starting quarterback at Auburn University, you have this giant platform, um, not only in the state, but you know, being close to Atlanta um atlanta is is a is where the biggest percentage of um of uh, alumni live for, for auburn a lot of people go up to atlanta so there are a lot of marketing opportunities up there um we've seen it we've seen it with jabari smith it was part of the pitch auburn made when they when he came in say hey we're we're going to you know he wants to come play here and 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 not go to the g league and not go to you know overseas or, or do anything like that and um, they work close with with Under Armour to you know help you know get a deal with him and and, and kind of get that going. Um, we have we've seen a lot of uh, seen a lot of social media based deals, but there's some big heavy hitters. And I think I think the big thing there is just you just show the influence of NIL and what this can mean is because you know Auburn is in a spot where you know the state of Alabama doesn't have pro sports. You know, Alabama and Auburn are your pro sports. Now you'll have people who are fans of the Atlanta teams, especially. Uh, but, you know, this is everybody's kind of big thing. Like, if you're an Auburn fan, there's a good chance that this is your number one team. Um, and so that passion and that 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 level of, uh, of of excitement and investment, it's a pretty captive audience. And um, I think there are, there are businesses around um, the state and around the southeast that have tried to tap into that because, you know, it is, it is a kind of unique spot. Not every state uh, has this kind of situation when you're the top game in town or you're the top game in the state. And Auburn, Auburn tries to take advantage of that a lot.
0: The It's interesting with, with obviously the state just repealed, you know, their, their law, you know, K. Ivy, the, the governor is, is, a, is an Auburn alumna. Uh, what is the kind of state of, the, of affairs in, in, in Alabama itself between Auburn fans and Alabama fans? Obviously you hear about the Harvey Updikes and, and I think that obviously overshadows the rivalry a little bit, but uh, outside of, you know, kind of the, the iron bowl itself, when that game is on, what, what is kind of this daily state of affairs for Auburn fans uh, in, in that state?
1: Yeah, it is it is a 24/7 365 thing and and it's it goes well beyond football. It used to be kind of the big football. Yeah, everybody's excited about football and and what that what that provides, but you look at both Auburn and Alabama in men's basketball, the investment they have put into those programs and the runs they've made recently. You know, it is a pretty heated rivalry in basketball as well. We we talked about some of these other gymnastics. I mean, uh, Auburn is finally on a level where they can beat Alabama in gymnastics. There was a stretch where you know Alabama like didn't lose to Auburn in gymnastics for uh, you know decades and decades. Um, so it's it, you know Auburn has tried to paint itself as this everything school. It's kind of the the thing that Bruce Pearl talks about all the time. Um, and so you know over the last 10 years, I think we have seen this, this rivalry grow from, you know, mainly football focused to like everything. And there's always been that feel of like, Hey, you'll want to beat Alabama in anything if you're an Auburn fan, but with the SEC network money uh, with the amount of investment, we have seen football money go into other sports. Um, there are some sports where Alabama has been good at that. Auburn is back up to there's been sports that Auburn's been good at that Alabama's built up to. And then there's some where, you know, they don't really have a ton of history both of them, but there's like a lot of heated kind of competitiveness between uh the two. So um it, it is a rivalry that I think is is a lot of fun because it happens all year long. Football will always be, you know, the top game. Uh, but, you know, there's always somebody, there's always a game next. There's always a sport next where you can say, okay, we'll, we'll get you this time. Um, and so it makes it, it makes it pretty fun. And um, I think for the most part uh it, it it's, Tends to be fairly civil, you know. Yeah, I think the I think the updike situation, you know, was was kind of like this this anomaly and this outlier. And I think a lot of Auburn and Alabama fans kind of looked inward and it's like, all right, we can't we can't portray ourselves like this. Um, and so it is it is a good, very very heated, uh, but rivalry that is extended to a lot of a lot of sports now.
0: I mean, when when you go back through, kind of the, the – especially the recent history, but with, with Auburn, uh, there's obviously JetGate. You, you had uh, you know everything surrounding Cam Newton's recruitment, obviously, uh, in in that national title season. Well, what to you kind of how would you rank you know kind of the, the craziest Auburn moments? And and is there anything that kind of comes top of mind? Is it, this kind of really sums up this, this fan base in, in this school?
1: Yeah, I mean, you you mentioned two that were huge. Um, the one that I will never forget about, and just how weird it was. Was um and just kind of tells you where expectations and and fervor and, and just everything kind of gets out of control. The 2017 season, Auburn beats Alabama, beats Georgia and Alabama, two number one teams in 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 the span of three weeks. They punch their ticket to the SEC title game, and during that whole stretch, there's this very public weird standoff about like is Gus Malzahn thinking about going to Arkansas? And it's like, and so it was just these Auburn fans that were like, literally, they had beaten two number one teams back to back. They were going to the SEC title game, and our friends were like, "All right, should we, should we keep them around? Do we want them around? What do we, should we pay them?" Like, and it was just this wild situation, and there were some bizarre press conferences and 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 just uh, you know social media posts and stuff like that. It's that is always the one that stuck out to me, where I said earlier, like Alabama's just kind of broken everybody's brain. So it's like Auburn is in this season that in the modern era is one of the best they've ever had. It fell apart down the stretch because of injuries. But, you know, they <laughs> you looked around at the end and you were like, that was really, really weird that they had gotten to that point where it went away from the, from the playoff and everybody was like, all right, do we keep the head coach around? Do we want to keep him around? And, you know, it was kind of the will they or won't they all the way to the end.
0: I mean, we'll, we'll circle back around, I, I guess, to the beginning there. I mean, Brian Harson obviously, he, he kind of goes into, it feels like almost a lame duck kind of season the, the next couple of months. I mean, h- how is he able to to survive this, I, I guess you could say? And, and is is he going to be there in 2023? I mean, is the expectation kind of among the fan base, among the boosters, among pretty much everybody that, hey, we're, we're going to go through this season, we'll see how it goes, and then whatever happens after that kind of happens?
1: Yeah, I think that that's probably the best way to put it. I think everybody knows that, you know, heading into – 2022 is always going to be a tough year for Auburn. It's it's a it's an even number year, which means you got to go to Alabama and Georgia. Those are always tough uh, seasons for Auburn. And um, this this roster is taking a step back. They have lost a lot in the portal. They haven't brought a ton in. And even before the the situation with Harson, everybody's kind of looking at what was going on with Auburn. And it's like, man, they've got to really click, and they've got some. They've got to make it make it work. I, my biggest question for Auburn is is that. You know, after spring practice and 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 when this second wave of transfer portal movement comes, Auburn's got to be a big player in it. And they, you know, 2023, the recruiting class um, in the state of Alabama, there are five five-stars and 15 four-stars. It is an elite class by these standards. You know Georgia and Florida are always strong in that area. It's a good opportunity for Auburn to show that, hey, this staff, this regime can recruit at the level that Auburn fans expect. It's going to be a whole lot harder to do that now when you just went through this situation where it's like, do people even want him around still? And, like, there's a lot of dysfunction and instability. And internally, there's a lot of belief that, you know, between the players and the coaches, it's like, no, th- we can make this work. And, you know, they still have Tank Bigsby. They've got some really good talent at all three levels of their defense, some star power. Um, you know, they've got a, a, an experienced offensive line coming back. They've, if they can reinforce a couple of positions and say that, hey, year two – you know the weirdness of what happened down the stretch. That's not a that's not indicative. You know the the, the losing streaks not indicative of what this team really is. Maybe they could show some progress, hit the tra- hit the recruiting trail hard and move forward. But that's a lot of boxes they're going to have to check uh, in a row, and and um, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Brian Harson, and he he knows that, and he knew that even before this whole situation. And after they lost the Birmingham, Bowl, he had a really long answer about learning and having to adjust and to adapt and, and, and building on it moving forward. So um, it's possible, but man, it's going to be really, really difficult. But I tell people this all the time. If you think, you know, what's about to happen with Auburn, Auburn football uh, you need to go to Vegas because no one can ever tell what this program's capable of at any given moment.
0: Isn't that the truth though? Uh, Justin Ferguson of the options are where, where can everybody can find your work and, and follow along because uh, there will be no shortage of stories coming in there out of the plains.
1: Absolutely. So Auburn Observer is a newsletter that I run. In fact, uh, you know, Matt Brown was one of the big influences in me getting this this started. So uh, uh, it, I cover uh, Auburn football and men's basketball, uh, do a lot of analysis, X's and O's, um, stat stories, kind of deep dives into uh, different aspects of the programs. Um, you know, we, we post about three or four times a week newsletters. We do a couple podcasts as well. We have a free podcast that you can listen to on the weekends. Uh, just search Auburn Observer everywhere you find your podcast. But if you want to sign up and you want to be a part of of the newsletter, it is auburnobserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year. Uh, and uh, everything we do gets emailed straight to your inbox, kind of like what you guys got going on here. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at jfergusonau.
0: There's, there's nobody better covering Auburn right now, and uh, we will definitely have to keep you in mind uh, down the road as soon as the, the next crazy story comes out of the Plains. Thanks there for jo- will be something. There will always be something. Thanks for joining us, Just- Justin.
1: Absolutely. Thank
0: you, guys. All right. Terrific interview there with Justin. Really appreciate his time and and explaining, kind of getting into the details uh, of what makes the Tigers tick. And uh, it is a fascinating, certainly athletic department and and university as a whole, especially as they navigate uh, some choppy waters right now, as they're kind of used to to doing, but uh, they do have a lot going for the the school itself. Matt will be on next week as, as uh, we kind of return to our, a bit of our more normal regularly scheduled program. I I do want to remind you though, if you like the podcast, if you like what we're doing, uh, please rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars. It does make a world of difference if it's either Spotify or Apple, whatever podcast platform that allows you to hit those little little star buttons. Please give us five stars. We we are we think we are you know not only worthy of that rating, but uh, you know it certainly allows other fans that might like college athletics might like our little spin on college athletics. Um, you know to, to find us find the podcast itself a little bit easier. So we do appreciate it if you, if you give us those ratings. Go ahead and leave us a review if you want. Uh, we don't really care what you say. You know as long as it's uh, you know nice and flowing and, and glowing about myself, of course you know you can say whatever you want uh, about matt but we do appreciate those five stars and and everything that goes along with it remember promo code extra points if you want to save 15 percent off home field apparel and if you haven't already signed up for you know the the uh, extra points uh the extra points newsletter please do so i uh, got some terrific stuff coming from matt he already went over kind of the horizon league what all has transpired there uh you know terrific stuff collegiate sports connect as well on on our video platform there's some sign up links in the in the show notes if you have any interest at all in joining college athletics or kind of getting into this industry uh, a terrific platform to join we have some great content on there as well from both matt and myself and, and as well as our entire team we you know interviewed the horizon league commissioner we we've had had a, a number of folks around um, you know from kansas state and, and usc and, and really around the country and, and some hard-hitting uh, you know big pieces that uh, really kind of can explain and and dive in deep into the bigger storylines not just uh, in this podcast but beyond in college athletics so be sure to sign up for that ND one ticker I am Brian Fisher. You can reach me on Twitter at Brian D. Fisher as well. And we will catch you next week here on Going for Doom.